it's like, we're all humans here. Like if you were standing next to someone and having a conversation with them and they just like poured their heart out to you and then you don't say anything back, that would be awkward. Right. So I just try to treat it like that. Like, yeah, we're online and we're, we're all busy and we have a million things we could be looking at, but if you're going to run a community or, you know, create a community around yourself as a creator, even on social, you know, like you, like you got to think through, like, what do you want people to feel like when they come into your orbit? Right. Welcome to our marketing fam. Prepare to turn the f- up. Hey, Lyle, welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me here. I want to start off and ask you, how did you get into marketing? Yeah. So it happened a while ago. I was working at a company doing, I was a sales manager at a company and I remember I ran our numbers. It was in like the scientific product space. I ran our numbers one year and we grew like 1%. And I was like, well, that's boring. And then I remember listening to a uh, podcast. I think it was with the founder of Uber, if I remember right. And at that time, they were growing something like 20% month over month. And I said, well, that sounds a lot more fun. And so I was like, how do I transition into the, the tech industry? And I joined a program called Tradecraft, which was kind of like a cohort-based course to get sort of like kickstarted into the tech industry. And I went through their growth marketing track there. And that's where I got like learned a lot about just like, you know, tech marketing and things like that, um, all different aspects of it. And then joined a bunch of early stage startups from there, doing all kinds of different facets of growth and marketing. Most recently, I was doing um, performance marketing for a company doing a mobile app performance marketing. And then my latest is shifting more into like community growth. I'm really interested into that. How did you get into this community growth space? Um, especially in the web three space. Yeah. So I've been in, I would say I've been in into crypto stuff for maybe five years now, something like that, but just as like mostly a passive investor, you know, just, you know, buying Bitcoin and Ethereum mostly for years. Uh, but then about a year ago, you know, I'm a, I'm a writer. I, I write a newsletter. It's mostly like personal stories and stuff like that, but I was meeting lots of different writers creatives, things like that. And then I had, it just started seeing all the stuff about different NFT projects and stuff like that. And, and, and I remember for years thinking one thing I liked about Ethereum was that it's some, it's like almost like programmable money. Right. And I said, well, there's, there's gotta be so many cool things that could be built, but not much had been built for years. Right. Mm -hmm. And then seeing a lot of the stuff happening in the NFT space, I was like, oh, okay. There's people actually starting to build using this technology. I have a friend who uh, named John, who's the CTO of a company that does NFT drops for brands and artists and stuff. And I reached out to him and I'm like, maybe I could do something with an artist with my writing somehow. You know, I didn't really even know what that meant or, you know, and basically he, he kind of added me to a couple of different group chats that he's in. And it turns out like some pretty well-known people are in them, which is cool. And like basically seeing lots of people building stuff and, you know, launching their own projects and stuff like that. And so it's, I've been sort of just soaking it up like a sponge, right? And then kind of going back to the writing and even that Tradecraft program, guy no no named Nick DeWilda, he, he was involved with Tradecraft uh, as their program manager years ago. And we've stayed in touch over the years. He writes a newsletter as well, more in like the tech and business space and career, a lot of stuff about careers. And so him and some friends launched this project called Invisible College, which is where I'm leading the community now. And so he saw me like in these writing communities that we were both in 
And then, you know, I started writing a little bit about how I was involved in like this web three space. And so they launched this project and like day one, he reached out and said, Hey, do you want to run community with me? And I said, this sounds awesome. So it was just like a perfect fit and a like amalgamation of a few different things that had happened over a number of years. Awesome. What is, what is running community mean for people? Like, cause there's community has just been a buzzword for yeah. the last like <laughs> year and a half. What is running community mean? What does it actually entail? Yeah, it's funny because I, I actually, I don't know if I would say I run a community because <laughs> if if a community is healthy, it sort of runs itself. You have to be there to kind of monitor it, make sure things are happening the way you want them to happen, and there aren't bad actors and stuff like that. So a lot of it's just monitoring what's going on, right? The health of the community and maybe steering people in a particular direction if things aren't going the way you want them to. Um, so I think it helps to have some sort of vision for what the, what the community giving is. What's interesting though, is I think community within Web3 space is different than Web2 companies that are trying to build a, build a community around their product or whatnot. And I think the biggest difference is because in Web3, the people in the community are typically owners of whatever it is, right? So they own some of the tokens or NFTs or whatever it may be. And so they have this like financial interest in the community as well. And if it succeeds and everyone financially benefits, right? Which that can be good, but it can also get bad and toxic too, where people are just constantly talking about price and 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 trying to, you know, make the number go up essentially. And so that's where we, you know, at an uh, Invisible College, the project I'm working on, where we try to balance it, right? Like you want people to be interested from a financial standpoint, because if we do things like, you know, we have promise and the product ends up being really good and lots of people want it, then the price should go up, right? And should everyone should benefit. But you don't want it to just be about that. I feel like the project, the projects in Web3 that are just mostly about price are the ones that are going to have a tough time in the long run. Has to be some other reason for people to congregate in a community and keep it keep it going for a long period of time. You know, what are those things you think they are? What are like those aspects that keep people in a community for the long run? I mean, I think it's just like any any community, right? Where you just like, do you feel connected to the other people in the community? Right? You find peers. Do you find people you can? work with or befriend, you know, one thing that we're doing, I haven't really explained this yet, but invisible colleges, we're calling it like a learning DAO or, you know, DAO is decentralized autonomous organization. I don't know if we're technically a DAO yet, but anyway, that's, (laughs) that's a conversation for a different time, but basically we're an organization trying to get people who are mostly new to web three kind of onboarded into it and to understand what's going on. And mostly where we have been targeting creators and builders. So it's folks who have some experience, probably in the web two world, most likely building products, launching companies, you know, creating content, whatever it may be, and taking that and doing it in, in, a, in a web three centric way. Right. And so we're looking to try to connect people to go build something together. Right. And then we can maybe help fund that and, or people in our community can get early access or something like that. Right. And so it's kind of like, we can all benefit from congregating together and building cool cool stuff. So I think that's part of it. It's like it's not just being connected to the product or you know like the NFTs or whatever it may be. It's finding people within community that you connect with in some way 
you know, that can be through shared interests or, you know, like I said, like actually working together at some point. How at the beginning do you even start like finding the initial parts of the community? Like where do you find these people? Because that's probably the hardest part when you have a community and it's growing, you have those many to many people chatting, having comment, but where do you start from the beginning? If I had zero community right now? Yeah, it's a lot of manual work, right? So it's like Nick re- reaching out to me day one and saying, hey, Lyle, do you want to be involved with this? And they had done some work to like, you know, created the brand and like the artist was starting to work on the NFTs and they had lots of stuff already built. But it was like, okay, we're launching this this community. I'd love to have you involved. And, you know, I wasn't the only person he reached out to, you know, he reached out to a lot of folks. And then from there, it was like, I shared it with people I knew and brought in a bunch of new people. And so it's sort of word of mouth, right? And if you're doing something that resonates with other folks and it doesn't feel forced, then it's going to, it's going to grow organically like that. Right. But I think it comes down to just personal connections, right? With something like what we're doing, it's been awesome to see that the, the organic growth has been great. I mean, we're not like massively huge, but you know, we have over like four thousand people in our Discord or something like that, maybe forty five hundred now. And a lot of that's just been organic growth. Like we haven't done really any like growth hacks or whatever. I mean, we've done like a con- a couple of different giveaway things, but those honestly haven't really moved the needle as much as just people telling their friends. So that kind of stuff goes a long way. And it, t- but it is a lot of manual work. And and then the other thing is even just ongoing things, right? Like there are times where there's a bit of a lull in the community and like not, you know, people are busy and, you know, they don't have time to be on there all day, every day. Whereas that's kind of my job is be on there all day, every day. Right. And keeping conversations going, interesting things for people to to read or to, to talk about. And, and it's sort of, you're seeding the community with that stuff. You know, I think over time, you know, as you grow and you get people that are more, more have a more vested interest and are like they're more actively every day. Some of that stuff will happen organically, but a lot of times you have to just keep pushing the ball forward. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of manual work. Uh, in, in like your discord community and in these discord communities, how do you set up the different type of, let's say topics or like channels that like, how did that thought process come about? I want to talk about this, 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 and this in the community. Yeah, I think that's going to vary a lot depending mm-hmm. on what type of what your community is all about. You know, in our case, it's about Web3 generally, but also we have specific places for people who are building and stuff to, talk, to ask more technical questions. And we have folks that can jump in there and answer questions that come up for people as they're trying to learn this stuff. And then you know, there's topic-based stuff, like there's stuff on NFTs, there's stuff on uh, decentralized finance or DeFi. And, you know, even just a place for people who are new to ask a question and not feel like they're asking a dumb question, you know? And so we really thought through like, what are kind of the essential ones? And then we just have some fun channels too. And, you know, I think one of the hardest things in Discord though is the onboarding. And I think we've done a fairly good job. You know, nothing's perfect, but I think Getting people, especially new people, used to or like, you know, not not necessarily used to Discord, but figuring out where to go and how to, how to best like consume all the stuff that's in there is hard, right? From that initial contact, like you, you you jump into a Discord and there could be like 
20 channels and you know, where do, where do you even start? And so we try to do a little bit of handholding at the beginning to walk people through like, you know, how best to get the most out of it. But yeah, it's difficult because there's just so much noise out there. Right. So we're, tr- we're trying to be a place where it's less noise and more signal. It's a little bit difficult in discord just because there's, there's so many other places, you know, people could add like a million different <laughs> discord groups that they're part of. And so how do you stick out? And so I think we're largely trying to do that through just the quality of conversations, you know, that kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier, where, you know, not making it just about, you know, we have an NFT collection. We don't want it to just be talking about price all day or things about the NFT collection, because, you know, it's like, that's one, that's just one aspect of what we do. And we mostly want to be a, be a place where people can learn more and go build things, you know, and not be just talking about, you know, or NFT collection and the value of it or whatnot. Do you understand how your technology stack comes together? Or have you spent hours on end trying to get a full picture of how your organization uses marketing tools? Well, consider checking out TechStack Builder at maga.io. In a few moments, it can take your corporate domain and detect all your tools and help you create a visual data flow in just minutes. Check it out today at maga.io which is M-C-G-A-W dot I-O. What are some key like stakeholders like on your team? Because you can be everywhere at once in the community, especially when you're like sleeping or yeah. have things <laughs> to do. So what are some key people that you would recruit to help this community run efficiently, get rid of the the bad eggs per se, what are some of the, the key positions? We have a few different moderators who can help jump in. So a big thing for us too is, is not just like, I don't know what you call it, like putting out fires necessarily, but being like proactively doing things. So like we have an intros channel um, where we ask people in that onboarding flow, like go into the intros channel, introduce yourself, say hi. And when they do, it open that's when it opens up all the other channels for them, right? We'll also have someone go in there. Every single person who says says hi, someone will reply and 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 say welcome to the community, you know, or something nice about whatever they just wrote. And part of our thinking there was, you know, if you showed up to a party and you'd showed up and you're like, hey everyone, I'm Daniel Murray and here's my background. I have this podcast and whatnot. And if nobody said a word to you, that'd be really awkward, right? That happens all the time in these communities in communities that you come across, especially in Web3. Some of them are so busy. You know, you just see the intros channel, it's a bunch of people saying hi, nobody responding. Maybe there's like an emoji reaction or something like that. Um, so that was a big thing from day one. You know, I just jumped in there, started saying hi to people. And, you know, I'm hearing it now from people who are or more active contributors, right? That are like have paying roles even now, who are like, oh, I remember day one I came in and Lyle said hi to me, you know. And it's like it. It's a small thing, but it goes a long way and it can set a tone for what it should feel like, you know? What you were saying is so true. I I think the unscalable tactics are what help communities grow. I see this on social too all the time where bigger people or even people at the beginning won't do the simple thing of taking a second to just respond to someone who responded to their post. And that little reaction or that little comment bag, even if it's small, goes such a long way to 
crafting and making someone come back for more and more. Like you said, if I came in your Discord and I introduced myself and nobody said anything, I'll be like, where's the conversation? Nobody's talking to me here. Why should I yeah. even contribute more in this uh, in this Discord group? So that totally. was a great point. Yeah, and I, I, I think the same way about my writing. So I write a newsletter, right? I write like, it's like a blog really, but sometimes I'll write about pretty heavy stuff and then I'll get like a very heartfelt, like, you know, someone sharing a, something pretty vulnerable from their life. And like, if I just left that there and didn't say anything, that would be weird, you know? So I'll reply and, and say, thanks for the comment or whatever it may be and, and, and say something about what they wrote. But I've seen that about, I've seen that with other writers too, right? Where they'll write something, someone will have some heartfelt response or whatever. And there's, it's crickets. And like, that's a crappy feeling, you know, it's like, we're all humans here. Like if you were standing next to someone and having a conversation with them and they just like poured their heart out to you and then you don't say anything back, that would be awkward. Right. So I just try to treat it like that. Like, yeah, we're online we're, we're all busy and we have a million things we could be looking at, but if you're going to run a community or, you know, create a community around yourself as a creator, even on social, you know, like, you like you got to think through like what do you want people to feel like when they come into your orbit right uh, and I, that's that's a huge part of of community building and it's like it and it's creating it it's creating the like the vibe if you will through your actions right so because other people will see that and respond in kind or 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 go okay this is the vibe that's going on here right and so you know and if we're saying things like for example the other day someone shared in our NFT chat channel some project and it looked like, I don't know, it looked like some derivative, like ape related NFT project. And it was kind of like the art looked kind of lame to be honest. And I didn't really get it. I was like, what do you like about this? You know? And it was the guy went into some thing that sounded like very marketing speak. And it was very obvious. He was just trying to get people to join the discord for some contest or whatever for a giveaway. And then we had this like really lively conversation afterwards amongst not just myself, but other people jumping in and kind of critiquing the project, but it, I think it gave a good, like for anyone who's just reading it, it goes, they can look at it and go, oh, okay. They're, they're just not letting anything fly here. Right. And th there should be some sort of like standard as far as what should be shared and, you know, the quality of things that they're looking for. You don't, don't just come in. This is not a place you just come in to shill whatever project that you're interested in because they have a contest going on. Right. And so like, that's, that's a little example of just setting the tone, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of it is setting the rules up front of what you want to talk about. And I think one thing that it seems like you do well in your community is there's one belief system that everybody is connected to I, there's one thing that the community is connected to that a common belief or interest that the community is connected to which i think is very also one thing that's very different with nfts is i think they have connected it, people to more belief systems and common people that wouldn't be connected where like companies communities are more marketers connecting with marketers or salespeople. It's more, if I'm a golfer, I want to connect with other golfers, or I have this deep belief that something in my, something in my life, and I want to find other people who believe this. And I think that's where 
NFTs are really cool because it's connecting on a deeper level, which our belief systems in our in our life or something that we're really actually passionate about outside of work. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely look at our community as for most people, it's like they aren't coming there to to work or anything like that. You know, it's like this is their leisure time and they want to connect with other folks. And maybe it's like in our case, they're interested in like, what do I, what do I building next? Like, cause this is a big movement, this web three thing. How can I be ahead of the curve? Right. And like understand what's going on and be able to maybe build a company in this space or, or, you know, whatever it may be, but you're right. Like I look at other examples. It's funny. You mentioned golf. There's one called links which I bought the NFT and it's like, they're trying to buy a golf course. Right. I think they're trying to buy one of the top 100 courses in America or something like that, which is crazy. But um, they raise a ton of money, but you go into their discord and it's a bunch of golf nerds just hanging out all day, you know? And I think if I wasn't so busy with other stuff, I might be in there a lot because I'm a total golf nerd too. (laughs) Right. And then there's like another one called Crypto Covens, which is like got a ton of new to web three people, a lot of women involved. It's like these witches, the, the artwork is these witches. Right. And it's a lot of uh, there's like a totally different vibe in that one, right? But it's a lot of people that connect with that. They're sort of like, not to paint all of them with a broad brush, but a lot of them are like, it's like more like they're talking about like spiritual stuff. And there's like literally no talk about the price of the floor price of the project or anything like that. It gets sort of shunned by the community if that comes up. And they have this whole vibe of like, they call it like, it's all about the lore, not the floor, which is you know, the story behind the the characters and stuff like that. And they've had community members just build out little fun apps and stuff that are related to that. So it, it can vary widely. Right. And it's, it's, I think it's like, there's, it's doesn't have to be something where you go and you build up some big audience, right. Like on a Twitter or whatever for your little niche, it, it, you, you, it could be about just joining these small communities and connecting with a small amount of people you know, in the grand scheme of things. And that just feels like you, it connects with you. And so you feel like you're part of the community on like a human level. Right. That's one thing I think about web three. I don't, I don't know how many of these are going to scale up to really big things. And I think that's okay. Right. Because it's about people finding their people and that doesn't have to be a big group. Yeah. It's that theory of a hundred raving fans, yeah, not totally. a thousand just people who like it, which I think that is, I mean, that's great for, that's a great thing about communities in general. It's finding because some communities are huge because it's something that could be very universal, like dog lovers or golfing, for example. There's so many people who do those things, but there's some that are very niche that are like spiritual people in Texas, for example, that want yeah. to connect. It's very like most people, they're spiritual people in Texas. That's very niche. So I think it's just, it's just, I think what you said, which is great, which I think a lot of NFT projects make mistakes in, and community make mistakes is, the goal is a line should never always be aligned to that financial outcome. It should be actually aligned to 
the internal beliefs and actually wanting to build up a community of people that are like-minded that can come together. And the benefit at the end of the day might be that this becomes very successful, but the core of it is not that. And I think a lot of NFTs that like discords I've been in, I just see the whole time. It's like, how can we sweep the floor? How can we raise the price? How can we make everybody rich in this? And it's like people are collected around that, but that, it's not sustainable. It's not a sustainable growth strategy because people are going to keep wanting more and more and more and more where a belief system can go on forever. Like it's, it's not rooted in money or that type of stuff. It's rooted in actual human connection, which I think is great. Yeah, there's definitely, there's going to be, I think, some projects that they're going to die off just because it's, they can't, it's not sustainable, like you said. And it is interesting to mix financial stuff with community. And I don't know what the answer is in the long run, if that's good or bad. I think it can potentially create perverse incentives um, and people to do things that they probably shouldn't do. But you know, at the same time, this is all just an interesting experiment, right? And like, it's really early stage still. You know, it's funny, people talk about the Bored Apes, like, oh, it's this blue chip NFT. I, I don't even think it launched a year ago, which is crazy. <laughs> you know, like, like in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I know they're like, they've done very well, so nothing against them, but like, it's still really early, you know, and there's much more established projects out there, but they've certainly done a lot of things right. And they have a lot of things going for them. Yeah. It kind of remains to be seen because that one has obviously like a huge financial component to it. Right. And then have therefore attracted interesting people that are very high net worth folks and influential people. And that's not going to happen with every project, of course. And I think that's what a lot of people look at, like, oh, they want their project to become that sort of thing. And some of them will, some of them won't, but that's kind of the name of the game with anything, right? Like it's about any startup essentially. But what I think is interesting is any of these could do that. But also the interesting thing is it's all owned by the community, right? Like there's a project called Doodles that came out. I don't remember what it was. Oh, I love like, Doodles. I'm in Austin yeah. right now and it's all over Austin. Yeah. So like they're they're going crazy at South by, South by Southwest, right? And like got all these interesting partnerships in the works and stuff like that. And like, that's really cool. And the cool thing is that, you know, all the NFTs are really owned by the community, right? And now is replicating that over and over with different projects. That's hard, but there's going to be some that do that. And I think that's awesome. And I think it's great that it's not just like one company doing it. It's this community and they can all, they can all benefit from that, but we're going to see more and more of that, but it's going to be, of course, like a lot of winners and losers. But I think if you can have it also with a community that's very tight knit for some reason, that's, that'll be really interesting. I don't know if I've quite seen that yet though. You know, uh, where it's like this, you know, rallying around a very specific interest combined with an NFT project that can go to that sort of scale. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe there are examples that I'm not thinking of, but yeah, it's so early. It's like, it's just all this really big. Yeah. I think there's two sides of this, the spectrum. One is a community that can flex that they have this, where it's like board apes is basically a flex like you're a board ape you have money it's like wearing gucci or chanel or whatever a big brand where the other it all depends what you're trying to do a lot of it is going to be just 
I have this cool wallet uh, and I have money. Like, let me show you my money. <laughs> like that's what what some of the NFTs, but some the like communities you're creating and some other people are creating are more along the lines of let's build up the community together, let's have good conversations. It's not all about let me flash like my NFT around my neck because I'm part of this crew, which some people too, I think it's cool. I think a cool sign of a brand is if someone's willing to rep the swag of the brand. Mm -hmm. That's how you really know you have a brand is someone will put on a hoodie and go out and rep it. But not everybody needs to be, be that to be cool and be useful to people. Yeah, totally. Well, and then there's the other thing I think that I really love about the NFT space is just how many artists are like finding their way in it to be able to make a living. You know, honestly, there's folks that have been like slogging away as an artist for years. And then now they found this and it's like, they're, it's helped them financially, which is great. But then people can rally around that, right? It's like, oh, they really like that aesthetic or whatever it may be, or what the artist has to say. And they can be part of, you know, invest in that really. Right. But then, it, you know, it's enabling new things that, you know, that's one thing I think is so funny when you read like, you know, think pieces on NFTs or whatnot. And it's like, you know, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, like there's going to be things built that we never, we couldn't think of right now. Right. Cause it's just this new technology and you get that in the hands of creative people and they're going to create things that you never thought of before, you know, as people get more used to it and build with it and try different things in the process. In the meantime, there's going to be lots of things, experiments that fail. Right. <laughs> but, uh, that's one thing I really, I'm excited about. It's just like, what, like what's going to be around in five years that we could never have guessed right now, you know, that that's really exciting to me. Yeah. I think what you just said is when you have a technology or something that you could develop on, you have to create an ecosystem for people to do that. Apple did that very well with their app store. Salesforce did that really well with enabling their partners to build cool things around their product. I think that's what Web3, I mean, like Ethereum and all these different types of building tools are doing is they're finding people who can create and they have, they're building an ecosystem for them to do that. And that's where cool stuff comes And You see a lot of apps fail on the app store and then some succeed. You see a lot of Salesforce plugins don't succeed mm -hmm. or, or you see a lot of people doing cool things. But I think the ability that it's opened up people to try new things is the cool thing where there hasn't been that for a while. The ability to, at that scale, at the Apple scale or the, yeah, at the Apple scale where you open up this ecosystem for people to make money. But now it's not attached to a huge organization. It's attached yeah. to it's it's that's open. that's been the, the biggest thing for me in the past year is is going from passive investing and going like, okay, I know that these are gonna these the blockchain is gonna be important in the future, and I'm betting a little bit on that, right? Financially. But then in the past year, essentially it's been watching these friends of mine really just building things and just trying stuff. And it's like, some of it's like really weird stuff and just 
it kind of harkens back to like earlier internet for me, right? Where you would just see these wacky websites people would build and it would just be for fun, right? And I'm seeing a lot of that happening now, which is like, I like that creative energy. And you're going to have some stuff like, you know, I was just talking earlier with someone about the Constitution, Constitution DAO thing, which basically came out of this group chat that I'm in. It started off as a total joke. And then, you know, it was like someone tweeted it out or something like that. Another person got in contact, said like, actually, I'm interested. And the thing went crazy. And in a week, they were a week later, they were bidding on a copy of the constitution. You know, it's like, it's like, it was just this goofy idea in a group chat and it snowballed into this big thing. That's now like iconic, right. In the space. And so like, I love that people can just group together and do that, you know? It kind of goes back to what I was saying about community before, right? So, like that—that that is a great example of having a very specific reason to be together, right? Uh, okay, we have this goal. We're gonna get. We're gonna buy this constitution. We're gonna raise a bunch of money so we could auction or uh, bid on the constitution. So, that, like, people assembled really fast, and a lot of people really quick to go, like, "Yeah, I'm on board. Let's do this." And the people divided and conquered as far as what their expertise was to just get it done. And then there was a ton of people that were just along for the ride and maybe threw in a little bit financially and to kind of just be part of it. Right. And they created a little mini community, you know, it wasn't even that many really got pretty big at one point, you know, they didn't win out, but that's fine. I think it was a a worthwhile, interesting experiment anyway. And like, I know some people give it a hard time and, you know, say like, Oh, it wasn't really a DAO. And it's like, okay, but they had a week to do this. So like we had to cut them some slack, but I thought it was just, I love that, that those kind of things can happen. You know, and and it's not like you said, some big organization or some, you know, rich person is just like, I'm gonna go buy this thing. It was like a group of a ton of people, you know, jumping in and helping. Yeah, I think that's the biggest difference too. I also think just thinking back where you you gave the example of the internet, and then I remember in college or high school age, like apps used to be like you who could build the next cool app but now these all these things are becoming necessities in a business not like nice to haves where i feel like that's gonna happen with web3 and stuff like that i think right now we're in the stage of who could build cool companies around web3 and then people are going to win out but then it's going to be businesses have to have this technology to compete in the space where same with now most companies need to have an app to be successful most people now have to have a website to be successful now it's going to be like most people might need to have the the blockchain technology to be successful as a business it's just it just happens in those those waves that you see like it happens like you see a spark of apps come only if you succeed you see a spark of good websites if you succeed it's going to happen with yeah web3 with nfts but it's going to the te- underlying technology will still always be there and it's just going to become mainstream right now it's early adopters just going crazy with it yeah it's people willing to like jump through the ridiculous hoops to like get money on a wallet or whatever, you know, like the web three user experience is not the best generally, but you know, that'll, that'll get solved over time uh, as people build more and more, but just, yeah, like you said, like the sheer amount of money coming into the space, I know it's like, we're kind of in a bear market at the moment or 
and it was pretty flat market at the moment. There's so much money coming into the space from like huge institutions that like, I think you're right. Like there's going to be some sort of wave like that where, you know, maybe blockchain doesn't make sense for every single company, but you know, a lot of consumer brands are going to want some sort of NFT type thing, you know, whether those are successful or not. I don't know. I actually, I actually kind of hope they aren't, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's me just going thinking like, I love, I kind of like that the small guy is having, have, having their day right now. Right. You can be an artist. You have a little bit of a following and you can go, you know, I'm going to launch this project and it has some interesting concept to it. Do you want to jump on board? And a bunch of people can, and that person can be successful at it. Right. Good example. If you know the artist Shloms, who this guy, uh, I only know he's a guy, he goes, he's an anonymous guy, anonymous, anonymous avatar on Twitter and whatnot, but I know he's a guy because I was on a call with him once. <laughs> but anyway, he um, he 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 just did this project. Uh, I think it was last week where he auctioned. He literally blew up a Lamborghini, <laughs> collected a bunch of the parts, and then made them in these really high def videos of each piece and sold all those videos as NFTs and like raised something like eight hundred ether in the auction and. Like, I love that someone could do that, but you know, it's like, that's a crazy premise to like buy a Lamborghini and blow it up. <laughs> it was sort of like a comment on, on this, like what we were talking about earlier about like, oh, floor price and when we go into the moon. And, and it's like, the joke was always like, when are we, when can I get a, buy a Lambo? Right. And so he's like, oh, I'm just going to buy one and blow it up to make a point about crypto culture. Right. And I love that someone could do that and just have this sort of like conceptual art concept and a bunch of people will jump on and, and invest in it. And you know, who knows whether it turns out to be a good investment, but it's interesting to be a part of, you know? Yeah, I think- but Like a company couldn't do that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think- That would be weird. Yeah, that would be weird. Um, <laughs> you know. Maybe one or two companies could do that. Um, yeah, yeah. The trend that you're seeing right now, I think you see it also in like the creator economy where these bi- these influencers who, are not celebrities and are are just creators creating good content are beating brands because and are selling chocolate bars or clothing brands and stuff that are beating up brands because they they people follow them they create this community they create Mm -hmm. something around them and that's what i love about like the creator economy in general is just that it proves that people are tr- trusting people more and not institutions. It's proving that you have to build, which build a audience or community around something to actually have success around it. And I think if if some brands succeed, I think brands in the future are going to have to tap into like hiring these creators or something to be successful because they're not going to be successful, in my opinion, just getting by without having creative content and stuff. Cause you're seeing these web three creators, you're seeing social media creators, you're seeing all these different types of creators succeeding by building audiences and communities. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think like, you know, if you had, you know, a brand like, you know, Coca-Cola or whatever going like, here's our NFT project people. I mean, sure. Some people might buy it, but like, I don't know it that doesn't come across as, as cool or interesting as, as like finding the next big creator that creates something totally unique. Right. So 
but maybe that's me being biased a little bit too. But uh, I, I think I think you're right though, in, in the sense that there is a movement more towards like people rather than just brands, you know. And I think that Web three can help enable them to be able to actually like monetize better, you know. And part of that speculation because people might think, oh, if I invest in this person's project, then you know maybe it'll go up, right? So there's going to be some of that, you know. I think over time it'll mature and we'll see where we're at, but you know, and then as more people adopt it, it's going to become less special, I guess, or unique. So yeah, it remains to be seen, but I think the ones that kind of going back to the whole premise of this conversation, the ones that can create a community and a movement around what they're doing, the best are going to be the ones that win in the long run. Yeah. I'm just, I know we're coming up with time. So I want to give you a, minute to say where people could find you or where they could find your community if they're interested in that just give you a platform to talk about you a little bit sure yeah um you can find me at lyle mckinney on twitter mckinney spelled a little funky so it's l-y-l-e and then m-c-k-e-a-n-y yeah, pretty easy to find me online because I don't know if there's anyone else in the world with my name spelled the way it is. But uh, so there's that. And then Invisible College is the project that I'm working on. Our website's invisiblecollege.xyz. Um, you could check us out on Twitter. We have the handle Decentralians. That's the name of our uh, NFT collection. A bunch of aliens in different outfits and looks and stuff like that. It's a really cool I, I actually really like the collection. It's from uh, our artist named Jake. And, you know, I think it's a cool brand and it's fun. But yeah, come join. There's a link to join the Discord. Now would actually be a good time because, well, we just finished our mint. We're about to, um, our NFT mint. We're about to uh, launch the secondary market on Magic Eden, which is kind of like the open sea for Solana blockchain. We're going to pretty soon have it be like where you have to own one to be part of the community. So we're going to have it token gated in that way. But we always throw events. Like we have Twitter spaces events all the time. And I host a lot of those. We do events in the Discord. where We usually do four to five events a week. So lots of lots of ways to learn different things and be a part of the community. That's awesome. Well, this has been great. Thanks for your insights. And I've really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for the invite.